Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. So, so well. Not joining us, as always, and surprise, it's a bonus episode. You're welcome, internet. Um, but we're coming to you today with a special bonus episode because the opportunity presented itself to chat with our buddy, friend of the show, mom's number one fan, Chris Brinkley. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hello, I'm so excited your podcast makes me so happy, and now I get to experience it in real time. And what, what we what we could do is I could just sit here and listen to you two talk to each other, and that would be very rewarding for me. Well, you, you don't want to do that. I think I better start off by saying I think it's pretty well known that I have a bit of a crush on you, Chris. <laughs> and Can Ellen I say is, this? And, is gonna and kill I, me. <laughs> I, I, I do know your relationship situation. You've been married for many years, but I also kind of have a celebrity crush on you too. So it's mutual. <laughs> Ellen, why are you blushing? Ellen. This is getting so awkward so quickly, you guys. Um, I mean, okay, there, I've only made a song for a few women in my lifetime. There you and go. You were one of and them. I got one of them, so, you know, bring it. Oh, my God. Okay, so official introduction. Chris's book, My Story of Us, colon, Zach, is out now in print, ebook, and most importantly, in my opinion, audible, because it's an auditory treat for the ears. Um, and it's the novella is journal entries written for the woman that Zach is falling deeper and deeper in love with it, in love with. And I was going to say, first of all, Chris, we loved it, as we already told you. We did love uh, it. Thank and you. Thank you. I mainly just, we wanted to get you on the show because I'm so curious as to just how this came about and like what the chicken and the egg series of events here was. Like, did Penny approach you first? Because I should say that this is for Smarty Pants Penny Reads Smarty Pants Romance imprint. Um, and so did she approach you? Did you approach her? Did the idea niggle at your brain for too long? Like, what was the series of events that transpired to get this book to where it is? Great question. So I worked in morning radio for 20-plus years. And mm -hmm. you, do, you hope, if you do a good job in radio, that you create the illusion of companionship with the listeners where they don't really know you, but they feel like they know you. And I'm sure that you, too, have celebrities that you feel like you know or bloggers. And I, I feel like I know you, too, from the podcast. But, yeah. So, yeah. So I thought, you know what? How neat would it be to create an audio experience that creates the illusion of companionship? That was the original idea, mm -hmm. where I, as a character, talk to the listener. And you, the listener, could insert yourself into the story. Now, what I didn't realize at the time is some listeners will do that and some won't do that. So it, it, it's kind of an odd trick that I was trying to create. And I wanted to create this wonderful audio experience where a listener could go on the journey of love. And what I've learned since that idea is that the listener kind of either does put themselves in the place of the female that the male is talking to, or they're just kind of hanging out voyeuristically listening to Zach tell the story as he fell in love. Or they're just experiencing it like you would experience any other audio book. So then I went to Penny, and I asked Penny about it, and Penny said, you know, I kind of like, I sent her the audio first, right? And then I sent her a few sample chapters of print, and uh, I said, what did you think about it? And she said, well, I didn't want to read it. I just wanted to listen to it, she said. And that was the biggest fear. Will the print work along with the audio? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then 
I, Penny helped me with a few things that I didn't know about romance novels, and a couple oh. of editors helped me with things I didn't know about romance novels. So I added a couple more chapters, and that's how it started. That was a long answer, but I've been thinking about it and working on it for probably two. I mean, I really wrote it during the pandemic, but for the last two or three years, my mind has been thinking, how can I make this different than an audio book and just an incredible audio experience for the listener? And that's what I wanted to do. That was the goal. Very cool. Well, I think you succeeded. And now I'm kind of curious as to the things you didn't know about romance that Penny had to like educate you on. <laughs> do you remember what they yeah. were? Because it of seems like you know I a do. lot about it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did not know in romance books that that the first time the two characters see each other is so important. Like that's critical. And it can go in a lot of different directions. It can be love, it can be hate, it can be you can mm-hmm. be oblivious or ambivalent. But so I added that chapter. And then and I and I'll just tell you the absolute truth. So when my first goal my goal was when I wrote this story of Zach and, and this girl that he was falling in love with, that the second book would be from her point of view and it would be um, them planning a marriage and then the third book would be their first year of marriage and the fourth book would be the birth of their child and she mm-hmm. said well if I were you I would stop after they fell in love and 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 create some other characters that you can create a series from because she said a lot of people who read romance don't want to know what happens after after <laughs> the marriage because they live that life already um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, and I'm kind of paraphrasing what she said, but it made a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. So I've created my story of us where, and you know, since you've listened to the book, there is this, there are a group of six guys that get together once a year. Oh. And I base that actually on something I do in my own life. So each one of those guys will ultimately write uh, a book of my story of us to their significant other. Okay. Oh. Well, I, we're here for it. Yeah, I was one because I wasn't sure if the next one was going to be like the same thing from her perspective or like you were saying like a little bit later on in their relationship um and then yeah when you introduced the guys i was like hmm hmm, my my romance senses are tingling (laughs) yeah so i'll give you a little insight thomas the second book is my story of us thomas thomas is zach's one of his best friends and he finds uh, Zach's my story of us, and he makes fun of it. He says, "I can't yeah. believe you're writing this in this notebook to this girl." And then Thomas ends up writing one to his wife. They're already married. I've started the book already, oh, and okay. and their their marriage is dissolving. So he, yeah. it's a totally different story told in a different way. Because one of the things in the second book is she accuses him of not remembering a lot of things about their relationship. So he wants to write this story to show her that he does remember things. They're just different memories than hers. Um, okay. And then it kind of unravels and unfolds like that. And they go all the way back to the first or second grade because she's from the same hometown as these other guys are. Cute. Love it. Yeah. Are they supposed to be from Green Valley? Is that a thing? Or just well, Tennessee in general? Or Tennessee. And I think that Green Valley. Were you disappointed that Green Valley wasn't in the book? Were you expecting that and disappointed? No, no. I wasn't no. expecting it. But honestly, I went... There's somewhere, I think on the website, where it says, like, it's part of the Green Valley Chronicles. I think it's on the Smarty Pants Romance website. Okay. And so I, I wasn't okay. sure if that meant it was in Green Valley, but I didn't think that until I saw that on the website. It's but. interesting, yeah. and I might be throwing off Ellen's questions, but it's interesting to me how much we don't know yes. in this book. Yeah, it, we like, don't know her name. Like the negative, <laughs> there's negative space there, but you played it really well. Yeah. Because we don't know her name. We don't know where they live. We don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we don't know, but 
the story still worked. And um, so that was it was a cool use of negative literary space, I guess you'd call it. Well, it was it was a huge it was a constraint. But I thought I thought if a listener wanted to put herself into the story, I needed to allow her to use her imagination to help create the story. So I had to be both specific and very ambiguous. And yeah. and that was that was tough. I mean, I, I put myself in a corner just based on the idea of the book and then had to work my way around that uh, because there were so many times that I wanted to describe certain things. And I thought, you know, that's not fair to the listener who's who's completing this, helping me complete the story. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Chris, sometimes, um, especially now that we, we've become chummy and I know you personally. Um, sometimes when you're saying like you, you, I was like, Huh. I was feeling personally attacked, <laughs> not attacked, but I was just like, oh, he's talking to me. But yeah. this is strange because sure, I know sure Chris. You in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what he's saying is it's supposed to be like. A right, right. But see, some thing. some some people won't let that wall down. I've noticed like, some people it's very intrusive and they kind of back away from that. And they really want to just be, like I said earlier, voyeuristically listening to Zach tell his story. And then yeah. others, they want to be in the story. And I just think it depends on you. Yeah. I've said you again. I said you again. I know. Hey, no, I'm feeling personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No, I, I get that. And um, I thought, it, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's unlike any other audiobook that I've listened to and a romance that I've listened to. And so I thought it was really cool. Um, mm. There's yeah. even, there's one there's one scene in the book where she walks in the door. And he immediately feels comforted by this. And I never really even mentioned which door she walks through. And I, I did that purposefully, and I let four different people listen to it, and I asked them where she, what door it was, and they all gave me four different answers. And I thought, that's yeah. really neat, because they were connecting <laughs> the dots in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I never felt, like, lost or anything in the story. It just was interesting how much wasn't told and just... Yeah, it's like a color book that you get to color in yourself. Well, and ha yeah, and having been in like creative writing classes and stuff like that where they're always stressing like set the scene, set the scene and sometimes it's like, well, I want to leave like let some people like I know that's this is somewhat tangential, but like when they make movies of books and then like some people it's ruined for them because it's like, well, that's not what I had pictured, what I thought they were right. going to look like or whatever and so I, I sometimes like leaving some vagueness for people to, you know, come up with their own setting and right. characterizations and things like that. Well, since we since we are chummy, when did you when did you realize this was going on, and then when did you kind of just buy into the story, or even later in the later chapters, were you thinking to yourself, "I want to know more"? Well, yeah, how was that experience? How was the experience? I I liked it. Um, I. And I, I can see, though, okay, because here's the thing that we've learned is um, we pick books for the podcast, and then we've had some people say, like, oh, you pick too many books in first person, and I just can't read first person. And I'm like, there, so there, there's just things, there's, like, <laughs> weird idiosyncrasies that people have about, like, what they will and won't read or what they like mm -hmm. to read and don't like to read. And so part of me, I was like, wow, this is pretty ballsy to write this <laughs> this perspective, this POV, because I think some people would be turned off to it. And I mm -hmm. wonder how people feel about 
the print versus the audio because I think like you said I think it I think you achieved what you set out to do with the audiobook because I do think it is a very immersive you're in it you're there's there's background noises and things like that which I wanted to ask you about but um so I thought it was all very effective and successful and kind of an interesting um experiment in the audiobook format right it's definitely different than Mm. anything else we've ever experienced before but also like we come from a family that plays D &D, so we're not against like role playing so um you know it's (laughs) do do you play too ellen's mom do you play dungeons and dragons well you know she played in high school i did play back in like the 70s when it first started But, but i and then for years i had my little box full of 12-sided dice and that kind of stuff. But um, it's my brothers that are really into it. And then I've played my with sons my and Ellen used to play with her brothers. Some. This but. is funny. My son just played his first game or whatever you call it a couple nights ago. And I was telling him about the cartoon that was on in the 1980s. There was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon and I used to watch it every Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Have we gotten off topic or what? <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Inevitably with us. Um, but yeah, so I hope that answers your question and like puts mm-hmm. your mind at ease that I, I found it effective, Mom. I, I, I really found it effective. I really enjoyed it. And I don't know if part of it is because, you know, we're friends with you or what, but I just really enjoyed, first of all, it was different. It was a different, it was a unique experience from any kind of romance that we've read before. And I liked it. I liked having something different than what we're used to and, you know, kind of breaking away from the formula of the normal yeah, because let's be honest, there is a formula. Yeah, there's so definitely. and mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. fun to kind of branch off every once in a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, not that you do like egregiously so, but no, I just, mean it's definitely still a romance. There's no question about it. No. Yeah. And it follows all the conventions per per penny. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. And you know, and one of the one of the big things from an intimacy standpoint, uh, how how intimate does that get with her before uh, the end of the book? That's up to you. Yeah. yeah, that's up to you. That's totally up to you. It's one hundred percent up to you. I <laughs> so. might go listen to one of your other, you know, scenes that you've read and stick it in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. Probably one from Jethro's. You got a couple. Okay. There were there were a couple lines where you got an audible like KO from me when I was listening to it, like driving in my car, and you'd say something, and I'd be like, "Heyo." <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, there's something that, and I'm sure it's because you're such a professional, but your voice can exude so much joy or so much sadness. I mean, you just did a great job in this of really, you know, feeling the emotion with, you know, little, you know, little story, but, you know, we could tell what was, how sad he was, how happy he was. How, how in love odd he was it was just great mm-hmm. you did such a great job thank with your you. voice yeah thank you yeah one one lady told me recently she said it's it's not an emotional story but it was very emotional yeah um, and i was like wow okay i mean but that's what i was going for i mean if if you want to experience something you'd have to feel it i think yeah. and that that was the goal emotions were very important i uh, may have cried a little bit so that might uh, happen. i mean don't take that too seriously because it doesn't take much with her but um but yeah so that that's a thing that happened i i did i don't think i did but only because i was heartless no because you're heartless well that too a little bit (laughs) but um you know i was listening to it on commutes and things like that so yeah 
you know. So, yeah, so that's another question. I think it's a different experience in your car than it is with headphones or earbuds in. Yeah. I mean, I really think that, that if you really want the experience, you, you close your eyes and you put in earbuds and you just, you go, you go with it. Yeah, because I will say one of my questions is about, you know, you're no stranger to audiobooks, obviously. And, um, but obviously, I, the, the production of this is different than a lot of audiobooks, A. Eh? And um and so there were a couple times where I was listening to it in my car and I was and I could tell there was background noise and I'd have to like turn it up really loud to make sure mm-hmm. I'm like, am I hearing that right? Like or it was or really is, well done. I yeah. the the extra sound effects and things, it was awesome and it really helped add to the story. So you did a phenomenal and, job. Because it that. wasn't in a distracting way. It was just kind of like you were saying. You were creating the experience and making it more immersive. And, um, yeah, I mean, was was that a lot of extra work, getting all of that yes. and figuring out where yes. to place it and all that? <laughs> yes. Yes. So so I did an Audible original called Sweet Talk. I don't know if you've listened to that, but it's an Audible original. Mm-hmm. And it, music and, and sound effects It came out a couple of months ago. And what I found in the reviews is that some people really like that and some people don't. They don't like yeah. the sound effects. It's distracting. And my whole my goal with this was for you, the listener, to get lost in the story because my favorite thing in the world is to get lost in a book or lost in an audio book or lost in a movie or lost in a television show. Like, I love that just to forget everything that's going on. I don't want you to do that in a car, but to do it, you know. <laughs> I, listen, forget everything. I do still sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But and I thought I thought if you really had some music and a few sound effects that do not re- take you from the story but immerse you deeper into the story, it's almost like you're in Zach's mind. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how you guys remember, but when I remember significant things in my life, I remember the smells and I remember the sounds, and I remember the way you know things feel and I remember the emotions, and that's what I was trying to do. But I did not want at any point for it to distract you from the story. Um, and if I did that, and I do, and as, even as an audiobook narrator, anytime I say something or do something or deliver a line that I think might take you out of the story, I think I failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I always look for. Yeah, no, I thought it was all super effective and yeah, never distracting, just no, kind just of added to the, like, on point. the cool experience. And mm-hmm. then how did you find the experience of narrating something that you wrote as opposed to somebody else has written it um that was interesting that was so yeah, i can imagine yeah so <laughs> i i i realized now it's taken me a while to realize this but in our minds we kind of have a blueprint of the way something should be written or the way something should go mm-hmm. um and when you review things solidly it kind of probably matches your blueprint of the way the story should go so sometimes when i'm narrating well, and not anymore, but when I first started out and I was narrating for authors who weren't quite as polished, I would notice that it would bug me whenever they're writing, when, when the character, and I told you guys this not too long ago, when, you know, when there are some stories, I think, well, that could have been 20% shorter or whatever. And mm-hmm. I find myself like, the, and, and you can't do that as a performer. Like you, I have to give every character and every word on the page the life it deserves and what the author wanted it to happen. Well, I noticed when I was do, doing my own work, and that doesn't happen anymore because I work with some really good writers, but in doing my own work, like I knew the blueprint, like, like I knew, like I knew it, it's, I, it was an immersive experience for me yeah. because I knew what Zach was thinking because I created Zach. It was really cool. It was cool. 
That's yeah. It sounds. I know because I know when I'm like wanting to edit my own writing, the first thing I do mm-hmm. is read it out loud because I'm like, does this mm-hmm. sound weird? Because if it sounds weird, it's gonna read weird to other people. Yes. <laughs> and no. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that 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 would be a strange experience. I would think. Um. So what made you? I guess you've sort of already addressed this, but was it always going to be kind of this journal entries for lack of a better word? Um, or like, was it always going to be this style? Was it always going to be this POV? Was it always going to be, did you like noodle around with anything else? No, but when I started writing it, I thought this is kind of neat because this gives a a female listener a glimpse inside of a a man's way of thinking and a man's Mm -hmm. brain. And then also, what kind of worked well, not was... not all men. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zach. Zach. <laughs> That's funny. But so he's also, when he's writing this, he doesn't know if he's ever going to give it to her. So that allows him to be even more candid and mm-hmm. more honest. Uh, and I thought that's a neat trick because he can really lay it out there. And I'm finding in the second book, I like that format also because he's really... He's in a mar- in Thomas's book. His marriage is dissolving, so he can write on paper what he would never say to his wife, uh, or can't say to his wife. Like guys are simple, y'all. Men are simple, and sometimes we have to sit and think before. It doesn't occur to us sometimes to do the most basic things. I'll just speak on behalf of a lot of men, but when we sit down and logically process it and think about it, then it occurs to us, and we can eloquently make it make sense. So I thought the the journal kind of style made that work and made it make sense. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, um, I will say, kind of piggybacking off of Mom's earlier comment, he is very romantic. And I, the cynic in me, who's single, kept thinking, what the hell kind of guy is, like, they they do not exist. I'm sorry, Chris, for your gender. This unicorn that's been created. (laughs) There's some out there. Well, no, I I think most guys have that in them. They just don't reach back far enough to to find it. Um, But I, yeah, you disagree? (laughs) You totally I don't dis- I don't no, no, I, I don't know. I've been on record saying I think your dad is more well, romantic true. than I but am. But that's because you are stone cold not romantic <laughs> at all. <laughs> so it's I'm not super like practical. You set a high bar or anything. It's not I mean I do love reading romance novels and I love that kind of romance, but I'm I don't always go out of my way to do romantic But you're stuff. not a sweet person. But- <laughs> Now, wait a minute. I, I, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. I'm going to turn into Chris. Judge Wapner, and this is the Pickles Court. Yeah, sorry. Nikki. It's super you don't, sweet. You don't I need don't to know. mediate our family squabbles. Um, yeah. No, but he is very well, sweet. Well, th- and one of my biggest fears, one of my biggest fears of all was that it would come across as being cheesy. And, and someone said, well, what's your definition of cheesy? And I really didn't predictable, gush, gooey, nacho-y. I, don't, I mean, nacho cheesy. I don't, I don't know, but I did not want it to be cheesy. And I was afraid of that. Um, I No, I never got that. I kept thinking, wow, he's so romantic and he's so sweet. And, um, and but, you would call out the stuff that you thought was going to be cheesy yeah. before. Yes. So then yeah. you don't. So that gives you, you know, a little carte blanche there. Yeah. But yeah. also, I think that that's where the journal that he doesn't ever know is if it's going to be seen or not comes to your aid is because I think yeah like it kind of comes across as the inner thoughts right of this guy mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. 
It's okay to be a little cheesy. Inner thoughts can be a little cheesy sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, so so let, I'll give you an example of something that, that I was wrong on. Uh, a couple of times he mentions just how nice it is to hold her hand, uh, mm-hmm. just how comfortable their hands feel. And mm-hmm. the night before, when I did the audio, I went back and listened to the entire book, and I thought, that's cheesy. That's not going to work. The hand-holding thing is not going to work. No. Girls but love in that. reality. In reality, I didn't want to have to go unedit it and unravel the sweater and put it back together and deconstruct it and rewrite the <laughs> chapter, right? So the book comes out. So one of the first things somebody posts is, um, I could hold a hundred hands and I would know my my husband's hand immediately. And I thought, okay. Someone else said, you know, I dated a lot of guys before I found my husband and I knew the moment I held my husband's hand that he was the guy for me. And then someone else talked about the hand holding. Like it's been the one thing I've gotten the most feedback from and it was the one thing that I was afraid was super cheesy. Um, no. And yeah. romance readers especially love those like, I mean. Those little touches. Yeah, and we talk about like hand flexes and, and hand and, porn. and Yeah. <laughs> well, and just like making a big deal out of like the little things like romance mm-hmm. readers love that we live off that shit um <laughs> so my other question is because i'm doing student teaching right now um mm-hmm. at an elementary school and i was talking with my singular male colleague about how male elementary teachers are kind of unicorns right and very rare but even rarer is the male romance writer. <laughs> so, <laughs> which you are now a member of a very exclusive club. So how do you feel about that? And do you think you should be joined by others, I guess? Is... To be the writer and the narrator? Or both. Or just the writer. No. I mean, you are now officially a romance writer, Chris. How does that make you feel? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, if, 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 if it's a good experience for the readers, I feel fantastic because that's, that's the goal to me. Yeah. Um, and I look when I was nine years old, uh, I asked Santa for a typewriter for Christmas so I could write a story. And I've been writing stories since I was nine or ten years old. I always had a fear of putting it out there for some wow, reason. A, a typewriter? How old are you, Chris? Seriously, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I and didn't then it was a word processor. <laughs> So the year before I was born, the Fred Flintstone bird would carve the words into a piece of slate. <laughs> no. Um, so I've always been writing stories and telling stories, but I never would have imagined that the first thing I ever put out was romance. I never would have imagined that. Yeah. But beyond it just being romance, I wanted it to be a, there's more than romance in the story. There's the relationship with his dad, dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other things that happen kind of a, because I could tell the story of Zach in this story uh, and you get a lot of his backstory just based on what he's writing to her. Um, yeah. But it, it feels great. It feels really great. When I was I, and I, that's, I met you two at Book Bonanza. Yes. Book Bonanza was a turning point in my life because I was awed and in awe, just, just a little bit intimidated by authors uh, and really and I thought wow I mean these are the people I admire because I'd wanted to write since I was nine and I did and I was in a I was in a book club one time and I was the only person who had never been published but I got positive feedback from the other members of the book club not the book club a writer's club a writer's group okay. I'm sorry a writer's group a writer's group I'm sorry um, and they said, you know, you should publish something. But I was I was scared. And then after Book Bonanza and meeting so many wonderful authors, and particularly the Smarty Pants authors, 
uh, I thought, you know, and it was because of their encouragement. I thought, I can do this. They're normal people. And I mean that in the best <laughs> of ways. And yeah. and the cool thing is you write and then you find an editor and then you rewrite and then you hone your craft and you get better at it. Uh, but I put authors way, way up here in, in where in people that I admire and want to be like. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I was thinking about it and I was like, the thing with this is that it's not any different than anything that would get published in general fiction, but I think it's kind of cool that it's under a romance imprint because I think a lot of times men write this and it's just like, oh, well, they're a male writer writing about a story that has romance in it. So, but because they're male, they get to be general fiction and women right. automatically become romance. romance. But um, mm -hmm. anyway, I, that's maybe somewhat not of a clear point. But um, and, and so, what I really want to do, I want to get better. I mean, I want I, there we're we're planning on producing six of the My Story of Us books, and I want each one to be better than the last. And I'm really working hard to make that happen. Well, we're we're here. For we're it. here for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I I thought this one was great. So if you're gonna get better, then you know, <laughs> hold on to your socks. Um, but yeah, so I just think it's really cool that you know you're a guy writing in romance because mm. I think there should be more of that. I think that there should be more guys getting in touch with their romantic side, you know, mm -hmm. either by yeah. reading or listening or writing. So Yeah, I don't really understand that either. And I think a lot of guys enjoy, and I've told you this on the last podcast interview, we watch rom-coms. We love them. We yeah. understand how romance works, at least from our perspective. Uh, but the thing of it is, is that we don't read romance and I don't understand where the disconnect is or what the difference is. I think there's like, I think it's starting to become, I don't know. I think it's starting to become a little bit more normalized and, um, I don't know. I think there's just, there's always been this stigma of like, men don't get in touch with their feelings, blah, 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 blah. But, um, I think that's kind of starting to come around a little bit more and mm -hmm. so there's not like the I mean listen it's it's hard enough as a woman who reads romance because it's like you read that mom porn or whatever and so the stigma around men reading it is even stranger right. but I think I think right. we're I think we're starting to see a little renaissance in the, that way of thinking so hopefully right and to me, beyond romance, I mean, the number one thing is the story. It's the storytelling aspect of it. I want to go on a journey in the story, and I don't really care if it's romance or comedy or action or what it is. I want yeah. that journey. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. I'm. Yeah. We also get wrapped up in mm -hmm. stories and TV shows and book series and... All sorts of things like that. Yes. That's why Penny Reads books work so well. I mean, they're they are in romance, but there's a lot more going on in those books than Absolutely. romance. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. I don't. I think that's what people don't realize is most romance books. There's a lot more going on than the romance. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think people just kind of pigeonhole us as oh, you just like the sexy parts. And it's like, well, yeah, those aren't bad. Mm -hmm. But and um, I, and I've been involved in such good stories sometimes that the romance gets in the way of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like yes yeah um okay well that's basically all i had to ask you we didn't want to keep you for too long but um we loved it and i think everyone should go give it a try i i mean 
do what you will, but I personally think everybody should listen to it. Um, yes. Chris, I don't know if, I don't know if you want to weigh in on, on this with your with your own book, but um I just thought it was such a cool, unique experience with audiobooks that that's how, that's how everyone should experience it from I won't make you say anything, but I, I well, that's what I will. How say. many books are there out there where the writer is doing the narration themselves? Yeah. Unless it's but like a memoir or something. That's right. They're mostly nonfiction. They're right. They're mostly yeah. motivational nonfiction books. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's the Tennessee Sex yeah. Boys. So, you know. <laughs> Mom had to say that at I, least I had once. to stick it in there. <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> so yeah. it's a win-win. I, I forgot to include that in your introduction. Yes. That should always be in every introduction that's ever <laughs> given Chris, for you, frankly, Chris. Tennessee Sex yeah. Boys. Um, Chris, we so appreciate you stopping by and chatting with us. Um, Thank you. And hopefully it wasn't too painful. No, uh, I love it. I will be on. I want to review. I want a book to review with you guys. I know, Chris. Oh, yes. I, I want to find a book that like I know is pretty well liked so that I don't have to have you badmouth a book. Because um, <laughs> you're too nice Because now I, I'm an author now. Yeah. So I don't wanna... No, it's true. Because honestly, like I've, I've thought about writing and I'm like, oh, but then I might have to like socialize with all these people whose books I've, you know. <laughs> Pan. Even now we go to book conventions and we're like, okay, we can't go to that author because we kind of dogged her book. <laughs> Have thing. you ever had an author reach out to you where you said some unpleasant things about the book? No. no. no Usually if we if we don't love the book, we don't tag them when we post the episode. episode. So. Try to go as like under the radar in releasing it to them as possible. But I mean this in a really nice way, but it means you're going to tag me. Yes. yes, you'll be tagged. Of course, of course you will. Yes, you definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's our chat with Chris Brinkley about his book, My Story of Us: Colin Zach. How do you say it, Chris? My Story of Us, Zach. Zach. Yeah, My okay. Story of Us, Zach. Okay. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom our subreddit not your mom's subreddit or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com so if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you'd like to suggest a book for us to read we'd love to hear from you on july 12th we'll be discussing the deal by l kennedy remember you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom you're welcome ellen most importantly thank you chris what thank you way way more importantly than mom thank you chris thank you all right bye not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.